Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is Kyler Murray. This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson takes it himself. Looking back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points and Bet Online. Uh, I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we are back here uh, to start a new series. Uh, if you enjoyed our NFL mock draft series where uh, we had a uh, four-part series on uh, the mock draft and making our picks, uh, this one's going to be a little bit longer, and uh, it's going to be uh, the one burning question for every team in the NFL, but we're going to do it by division and we're going to start today with the uh, one burning question for every AFC East team uh, and uh, we will dive into it uh, and start uh, here Dylan uh, with the uh, Miami Dolphins Um, but before we talk about the Dolphins for the 2020 NFL season uh, we do have to talk about uh, the passing of uh, legendary coach uh, Don Shula uh, who passed away on Monday at the age of 90 Uh, the winningest coach in NFL history. And I think a lot of people uh, every season, you know, we look at teams maybe in that race for a perfect season. Mm -hmm. Well, Don Shula was the one that that actually has that on his resume because uh, when he led the team uh, to the undefeated season for the Dolphins and uh, just one of a kind, man, you talk, you look at all the reactions and and everyone just talking about certainly his legacy and, my goodness, I mean, he coached for so mm-hmm. many years in the NFL, and there was a great stat somewhere on Twitter, and I'm going to find it while you're talking, uh, about <laughs> just his longevity in the NFL and the people that he coached against. Uh, it's pretty incredible, and what a legacy uh, for Don Shula. No, I mean, yeah, he stretches his influence from the begin- the pre-Super Bowl era to obviously all the way up into the 90s. I mean, it's ridiculous, like you said, again, about how many different people he coached against, but also that type of longevity. You just, even among the all-time great head coaches in NFL history beyond Shula, like maybe him and Belichick are going to be two guys that have just that kind of, are with the team for, you know, 20 plus years. It just does not happen, even for guys that are legends um, for yeah. many of these franchises. So I, it's it's insane. And just how, you know, for the Dolphins, 
uh, and their fan base that for now, you know, for such for the whole of this millennium in recent history, not really a team that's made much of an impact in the postseason. And even when the Dolphins weren't winning Super Bowls after those uh, those first two in the 70s, they're still consistently one of the best, you know, at least in the conversation in the AFC year after year. Obviously, Dan Marino, a big part of that. He had some nice things to say about Coach Shula on Twitter today, too. But, yeah, I mean, just the consistency. Uh, I mean, obviously the two Super Bowl victories, but the other just all the years of just winning football that they, the culture they built. It's uh, not something that, again, so many great coaches in NFL history, but not many guys have that kind of longevity that are just going to stick around and win for that long. It's really impressive. Yep. Pretty wild. And here's the stat. I knew we could find it somewhere. It's from Elias, so the Sports Bureau. Of course, uh, put out a lot of great stats. And uh, from Twitter, uh, this is something here. Uh, Don Shula head coached against a man who was an NFL head coach in 1920, the league's first season, <laughs> and also against someone who is still an NFL head coach today. He was 5-4 and four head-to-head against George Hallis and 2-0 and oh against Bill Belichick. How about that? <laughs> that is insane. Um, that is a stat right there. And, again, that just shows you – uh, how far you know his legacy reaches and just so many years in the NFL and uh, as we said the winningest coach in NFL history uh yeah one of a kind and uh, again uh, just uh, man w- w- what a career uh, he had as mm-hmm. a coach uh, in the NFL but uh, we move on to uh, the current Dolphins and they will kick off here our burning question uh, for, burning questions for the AFC East, and we'll start with the Dolphins. Uh, and Dylan, the question we came up with for the Dolphins, uh, probably not too hard to figure out who it surrounds uh, and who the center <laughs> of the focus is going to be, uh, and that is Tua Tagovailoa. And the question we came up with is, for the Dolphins, what will Tua Tagovailoa's uh, rookie season look like in Miami? Uh, we talked about, you know, we thought it was something, all the smoke screens and the misdirections heading into the NFL draft and whether mm-hmm. the Dolphins would draft him. Um, they did and didn't have to move up for it. And he is their quarterback of the future. Uh, we know, you know, the, the best things are ahead for him. I know everyone was focused on the injury. Uh, but, you know, first season, you never know because it is dependent on, you know, how the entire roster is built and, and really mm-hmm. what the expectations are for him, you know, coming back from that injury. But uh, there are some improvements that they've made and maybe some ways that he can find success pretty early. Uh, still a ways to go before we're talking about the Dolphins as a, a Super Bowl contender as they <laughs> were in the, the Don Shula era. Uh, but uh, that is going to be a big question uh, everyone's going to be talking about heading into Tua's first season. Yeah, absolutely. And considering his health and I know there even before the draft, when it was still being speculated where he might end up, there was a lot of talk on ESPN everywhere you listened about how even, uh, you know, he could be ready, but does it make sense to have him jump in uh, as a rookie? Obviously, we know the value of rookie quarterback contracts and getting ahead of those and starting to really develop guys right off the bat. But in Tua's case, I'm excited to see him play. I hope he I'm sure I think he's going to play at some point in the season. I don't think he's going to sit the whole time, but I won't be surprised. We have kind of a situation like we have in the past where with other uh, rookie quarterbacks that are highly anticipated where they wait until, you know, six, seven weeks into the season, watch behind the the starter and head of them learn. And in this case, for his health, I think it'll be a big thing. Obviously, they made a lot of great reinforcements along the offensive line. Uh, 
last season, one of the worst teams running the ball in the NFL, not a ton of protection. <laughs> Ryan Fitzpatrick made made them look a lot better than they really were at times with his ability to improvise. Uh, I think Tua can obviously do that too, but you want to <laughs> make sure that he's uh, healthy and stays upright, especially with these guys that are going to be hitting. I know the SEC is incredible in terms of the talent, but yeah. this is still a different level of these, how big and how fast these guys are. They're going to be hitting him. So uh, obviously they addressed that. I know they addressed their defense a ton with most of the draft, which is a good idea because their defense was not good also last year. But I think they got, you know, the culture in the right direction. We've talked about that a few times. Now for Tua, regardless of what this rookie season like looks like, I think just setting him up so that whatever he do, whenever he does play and however much he does play, it's kind of leading forward with his progression as a quarterback going more to the 2021 for me. That's probably when I start thinking about what the, this team can really do. They have some great weapons for him to play with. If they can stay healthy, obviously Preston Williams was going off before he got hurt. Then suddenly Devontae Parker was and incredible as, as you uh, as you bragged about a number of, t- number of times considering you're uh, picking him up in fantasy football. But nonetheless, I do think their offensive line, hopefully Austin Jackson, I think he can be pretty good. I know some, I think PFF had him uh, more valued in the in the 90s rather than as the 18th overall pick. I still think he'll have a good shot to be in there for a long time. They add Robert Hunt, Solomon Kinley too. So overall, uh, I think the Dolphins have done a good job addressing the offensive line now for me. Just that it kind of, it's hard to really talk about one side or the other. The offensive line and two are both are going to be so interconnected. And as we've seen with other rookie quarterbacks and uh, younger quarterbacks like last year, especially with Baker Mayfield with the Browns, having a solid offensive line can go so far and not having one. I mean, it can be, just devastating for a, a young quarterback. Yeah, I'm telling you, uh, Preston Williams, Devontae Parker, one of my top five favorite wide receiver duos in the NFL right now. How about that? I'm going to put them in my top five in terms of the duos. <laughs> uh, I think, listen, I think the Dolphins can be one of the more entertaining teams now that they have two. And, uh, I mean, they're even yeah. entertaining with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right, towards the end of the season. So um, <laughs> now you add two to the mix. And uh, I, I'm very intrigued because, as we said, it's so crazy to think about where we were with the Dolphins. When the season started, that first game against the Ravens uh, got blown out. They looked like a team that was not going to even come close to winning a game. And then to make the progress they made, now you bring in your franchise quarterback. Uh, you've got weapons around them on offense, uh, improving the defense. And yeah, I'm I'm very fascinated to see uh, how things go into his first season there with the Dolphins, and really how things go for the Dolphins uh, over the next several years, just to see uh, if they can can kind of return to being a contender uh, once again in the AFC. Uh, speaking of teams that could contend in the AFC, uh, may not be the next one we're about to talk about. Um, and we segue into the big question for the New York Jets. And the question is, uh, did the Jets provide enough weapons this offseason to Sam Darnold to succeed in year three? Um, Dylan, uh, we laughed before we started recording because uh, I made it pretty clear where I stand on this. Uh, I don't think the Jets are going to be very good. And I even think there's a chance that the Jets could be the worst team in this division. Uh, and maybe that's the uh, the Miami Dolphins homer in me uh, coming in here. And, yes, <laughs> I've now adopted the Dolphins as one of my teams. Uh, you have the Rams yes. and the Bills. So I'm going to adopt the Dolphins as one of my teams going into this season. But um, I just – I mean, look, I, I look at the roster for the Jets. I just don't see – enough there on offense for them to feel like that that I think and I guess here's the thing too though and we're going to talk about the Patriots in a minute we talked about the Dolphins they they're still you know they've still got some some things to do to improve and I think the same goes for the Bills and we'll talk about their offensive outlook in a second 
I mean, this is a division where we see some potential here for where the defenses could really, you know, mm-hmm. be the main theme and be the, the biggest strength for a lot of these teams. And so yeah. maybe that's okay for the Jets when it comes to division games. The problem is you've still got a lot of other games you have to play. Um, and so I, I just, I don't see it. I don't know that he has enough weapons right now for them to just have this type of success that, that maybe some people thought they would have by hiring Adam Gase and an offensive guy. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just don't see it, but but maybe I'm wrong on that one. No, yeah, I mean, in terms of the weapons that they provided him, obviously in such a deep receiving draft class, like, uh, you know, in our mock draft, we had them going with the receiver with their uh, first-round pick. It makes sense that they get Mekhi Becton to help. I mean, their offensive line was dreadful as well. This is a team that finished 32nd in uh, – pass offense DVOA 31st and run offense DVOA. So there, I mean, everything on their offense was so, so brutal last sweet year. And, and you know, you read about how they're going to reduce Le'Veon Bell's workload and uh, spread out, uh, you know, spread out the receivers a bit more to, to hopefully have wider boxes for him and all that. But I just, that's all great. <laughs> but until we see them actually perform well, and I, I just don't know if the receivers they have are still going to be big threats. Denzel Mims, a solid receiver, but I just given the amount of talent that there was available in this draft, you have to be a little disappointed they didn't make more upgrades at that position where just, I mean, yes, the offensive line, I I do, it's going to be such a big thing for them uh, and a a focus. And they really need to work on that as well to protect Sam. But at the same time, you need someone to throw to. And this is a team we talked about, and this goes for the whole division overall. Uh, Last year, they had one of the easiest schedules in the NFL. Uh, I know there'll be more projections based on how these teams are all going to actually figure it out in 2020. But based on 2019 results, the Jets have the second hardest schedule. They go from facing the NFC East last year, which was one of the weakest divisions in the NFL, to the NFC West, which is one of the deepest divisions, especially with the Cardinals rising up right now. So that, I mean, that's one thing year to year. so, you know, you'll see things about strength of schedule, but it really does have a big impact. And for the Jets last year, they go seven and nine, but just such a weak amount of opponents are facing. The teams in their own division are getting better outside of the Patriots. Um, still think I'll take the Patriots over the Jets at this point. But nonetheless, uh, yeah, it's I don't know, man. I mean, I know their defense was surprisingly ranked pretty well by the end of the year. One of the better run defenses DVOA wise in the NFL. Um, so it made sense for them to, you know, address receiver and tackle. I just don't see enough firepower from this offense. They're still going to be facing tougher defenses in the Patriots and Bills within their division. Then you go to those teams they're facing. Uh, otherwise, they're also facing the AFC West, having to go to Kansas City. I, I just yep. I, you see a lot of losses kind of being tacked onto that schedule when you start to break it down, even though it probably won't be too long now until we actually get to see the breakdown of the schedule. But when we look at that, I mean, man, it's yep. it's going to be tough for them. I just don't see – I mean, Sam Darnold would have to play over his head. I, I just don't think they've put enough – around him for us to really expect him to take another big jump or any big jump at this point. Yeah, and you mentioned schedules, and I think comparing them to the team like the Dolphins, who, as we know, are going to play very similar opponents. But here are the Jets' away games, and again, we'll, we'll know the full schedule and where these wind up uh, once the schedules are released. But but like the away games, I think, tell the story here. They're at the Bills. They're at the Colts. They're at the Chiefs. They're at the Chargers. They're at the Rams. They're at the Dolphins. <laughs> They're at the Seahawks, and there's probably and they're at the Patriots. So it's like, I mean, that's that's not easy. And then you look at their home games, which obviously you have your division foes, uh, and then teams outside the division they're going to play at home. They're going to play the Broncos, which we think are going to be much improved. The Raiders, yep. they could also be improved. Um, the Cardinals should also be improved. 49ers, probably a Super Bowl contender again. <laughs> and the Browns, who, you know, we know the expectations for the Browns are going to be high, and they should be based on uh, the talent they have there. So, I mean, 
that's that's not easy. And I think for a team that's lacking on offense, when like we say, you look around at some of these other teams uh, when it comes to to kind of looking at you know the possibilities on offense for some of these other teams they have to face. Uh, we know, I mean, even look at the Cardinals, the Browns, like the Broncos. Mm-hmm. We think they're going to be better. They got Jerry Judy now and Cortland Sutton. All these possibilities. Ah, I just don't know what the Jets, man. I, I, I'm not there with them right now, and maybe this is the one we look back on and say, how did I get this wrong? But on paper, I am even willing right. to maybe go as far as saying that I think the Dolphins are going to win more games than the Jets. Yeah, I absolutely think so, too, at this point. I think they – I mean, last year they only won two less, so it's not a huge, huge difference. And, yeah, you talk about those uh, games that are scheduled for 14 of the games are the same, uh, or I guess they're 12 if you're not including the two matchups against each other. But then going from – uh, the Colts, uh, the Jets have to face the Colts. Like you're saying, the Dolphins have to get the Jaguars. So that's a great win for them. And then yeah. Dolphins are getting to face the Bengals instead of the Browns on the Jets side. So just those two games can flip right there as well. Um, I, I think, I mean, this is also going into, the, you know, looking back at the draft. Joe Douglas has largely been implauded for what he's able to do with the amount of picks they had and how many, much talent they did acquire and what they're going to be able to do for the future. I just don't think this year... <laughs> Uh, maybe maybe they are in the right track. Otherwise, maybe they did take some steps forward. But the amount of steps that had to be taken, plus the schedule, I just think it's too many things adding up against the Jets for at least the 2020 season. Yep. Well, if you want to uh, place your bets uh, on any of these teams in the AFC East when it comes to looking ahead to next season and what you think uh, they could look like from a win standpoint or a division win or anything like that, all you got to do is head over to Bet Online, uh, our exclusive partner, and uh, with currently no NBA nhl or mlb you may think there's nothing to bet on as we continue to say you would be wrong because bet online still has hundreds of events games and props to wager on they've got their online casino with poker and blackjack and they are always bringing vegas to you if you're missing the nfl like we are we continue to tell you bet online has the live daily madden nfl 20 simulations that you can bet on and you can still bet on survivor big brother american idol the stock prices and the nathan's hot dog eating contest are favorite here on the show uh they're all open 24 hours a day at bet online and everything is online uh so if you want all you got to do is use the promo code blue wire all one word blue wire to join today and receive your new welcome bonus that is bet online your online wagering solution and uh we've talked about the Jets uh, needing to improve uh, their performance next season, and Dylan's going to love this segue. Uh, guess what? Uh, you can pr- improve your performance as well with our friends at Blue Chew. Uh, because, uh, guys, if you are looking to last longer and go a few extra rounds, all you got to do is head to bluechew.com. Bluechew.com has the first ever chewable that brings your performance in the bedroom to another level. They've got the same active ingredients that are in Viagra and Cialis, so you know that they work. And since they're chewable, they work even faster. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. Plus, you don't have to go to the doctor's office or spend time waiting in the pharmacy line because Blue Chew's online physician is free of cost. And once approved, uh, your order ships straight to your door in discreet packaging. And here's a great deal for you guys since you listen to the show. All you have to do is visit BlueChew.com and get your first order free when you use the promo code BLUEWIRE. Just pay $5 shipping. Again, that's BlueChew.com. B-L-U-E-Chew.com. Use the promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. All right, Dylan, let's go to the team that uh, we're so used to talking about, but we're talking about them Mm -hmm. for a different reason now based on uh, the off season that they had, and that is New England Patriots. Um, we we've mentioned some of the rumors, and uh, as we say, they are rumors. 
uh, we're we're going to have fun with this one. We're not saying that this is necessarily going to be true, but uh, we decided to have fun with this question. And it is: uh, Do the Patriots actually care about winning in 2020? Uh, and obviously, <laughs> we're we're somewhat joking with this question. So if you're a Patriots fan, don't get too angry with us. Uh, we're we're just kind of playing around here. But um, you know, I think it's all about the quarterback position. We know Tom Brady's with the Bucks now. Uh, and there are a lot of people thinking, and you see some of the rumors, that the Patriots are just going to tank the season so they can try to pick up Trevor Lawrence or someone like that. I guess Justin Fields will also be one of the uh, the hot you know quarterbacks heading into the next year's draft. Uh, but uh, I don't know. that it, It's going to be interesting because we look at their roster, and all the focus is going to be on Jarrett Stidham uh, because he is projected to be the starter. And, and while they seem to have confidence in him, uh, look, there's a big difference between Tom Brady and and Jared Stedham right now in their careers, and uh, there's no doubt that all we're going to be talking about with the Patriots is that quarterback position heading into this season. Yeah, I mean, they made uh, clearly when they passed on Jordan Love, I mean, it was a, a pretty big indicator, and obviously in addition to not really going for Andy Dalton or Cam Newton or any of these other quarterbacks that were on the open market, it was a signal that either either they one of two things, they really do believe in Jared Stedham as a long-term solution, or they're not worried about having that long, long-term solution, at least this year. So maybe, I mean, they're still, uh, you know, the top defense DVOA-wise in the NFL I don't think they're going to take too much of a step back. It's I know hard, year to year, it's really hard to avoid complete regression when you finish first in any categories uh, statistically. But I still think the Pats with Belichick are going to be just as elite there as ever. So what is the answer on offense? They obviously struggled to run the ball as well. Um, I mean, overall, I, I do think, uh, yeah, I mean, it really Sidham is the, the big question mark. I don't know if they needed, though, you know, this whole see you know, a whole season to know, figure out if he's the answer. I still feel like they could have if they wanted to have a better uh, quarterback in place in case things don't really work out with him as well to try to win some games this year they could have but I don't think there's uh, I think I mean Belichick cares about winning championships not regular season games even no matter how many he ta- you know racks up over the course of his career in the process but I, I just don't I, I think they're going to try to win every game I still think they're going to end up with a great record but I don't know if they're really focused on you know long you know is in this year trying to force it to try to win a title this season i don't think that was the focus so maybe maybe winning isn't the right word for our question like i know you're saying we're kind of messing around but maybe it's more about they're not so worried about winning a championship now at the cost of you know costing themselves in the future uh with a chance to build something so yeah i don't know they're gonna get a few compensatory picks they're gonna have other picks they could possibly work with the trade up if they do want to try to get a Trevor Lawrence I, I feel like any team that has the number one pick next year is going to be like the Bengals this year and isn't going to give it up so I don't know if that's really a realistic solution I think they have too much talent for that to be um you know I, I think they have too much talent to really drop to the number one pick I'd be shocked if they if they just completely tanked it I just don't see that happening but I, I yeah so I mean if Stidham can be the answer and they're able to make it work with him and win 11 games I mean that's fantastic it'll be a uh, uh, you know just the success of what the culture and what Belichick has built there will be applauded for that so we'll see what Sidham does it's going to be it's going to be interesting but I yeah I just don't think they like they, they've signed a couple other uh, undrafted guys at quarterback maybe one of those guys will get a chance to but otherwise yeah it's it's really just Sidham and we'll see what he's made of in his uh, you know first year it's n- no pressure man <laughs> replacing <laughs> Uh, perhaps the the best quarterback that's ever played. Yeah, we um, you know, we did our our early 2021 NFL mock draft on clutch points, and um, you know, the the Jags are the team we had at number one. It was based on you know odds and all that, and and I think it's going to be hard to say right now that we think the Patriots are going to be as bad as potentially the Jags could be. 
Um, you know, I think even there are several other teams you could probably look at and be <laughs> like, I just, even with the Patriots, with the roster as is, I mean, even if Jared Stidham just is not very good or, you know, they have to turn elsewhere, I, you just, I think it's still hard to see a situation where they're a team that's the number one pick or the number two pick or anything yeah. like that. Um, they're, they're just, I mean, look, I just very highly unlikely, uh, barring, you know, a lot of injuries and just everything mm-hmm. going against them. Uh, and it's hard to see that right now. So, uh, yeah, it's again, we, we're half joking with this question uh, because we, we know that they're they're really trying to build for the future. Uh, it's just a matter of seeing, you know, what does that first season look like without Tom Brady? And specifically, what does it look like uh, at the position we all love to talk about? And that's a quarterback. Uh, so we'll see uh, how Jared Stidham does there with the Patriots uh, in the first season without Tom Brady. And uh, that brings us to the Buffalo Bills, uh, who we wrap up here with as the team that, you know, a lot of people, I think, still probably look at as maybe the favorite in this division uh, at this point in the offseason. And uh, we have some months to talk about whether or not they will actually live up to those expectations. Uh, But uh, that does bring us to our question for the Bills, which is, uh, have the Bills made enough uh, reinforcements on offense to be a true contender in the AFC? So we're saying that we think they're going to be the possibly the best team in this division but can they be a team you know that's a contender on the level of of these teams that everyone's chasing which is going to be the chiefs and the ravens um Mm -hmm. you know can they be to that level i think right now we're probably not going to put them on that exact level but yeah i I do think it's about the offense dylan and you know Mm -hmm. they've added stefan diggs and now they've got a pretty sneaky good offense, um, you know, seeing how Devin Singletary continues to progress running back. Uh, but and, you know, looking at Josh Allen, I think that's the, the big, big factor there is is how well he continues to develop. Yes. <laughs> but the defense is really good. And uh, for the Bills, it's just a matter of improving on offense. And now you add a number one receiver. And so uh, they've got a lot of possibilities. You can understand, you know, why people think that this could be a team uh, that could really take a big jump uh, next season. Yeah, every year under Sean McDermott, they've made progress. So as they keep chugging forward, uh, the the window's open. I was talking before the podcast. All these teams in this division, the Dolphins, Jets, Bills, have been waiting and waiting and waiting for the year that Tom Brady and Belichick aren't both in New England. They still have Belichick, and we're going to see how good the Patriots still are without uh, Brady under center. But, uh, I mean, Buffalo has, at this point, maybe the Dolphins in the future, uh, the few years down the line, might have a better chance to be the, the kind of king of this division. But right now, the Bills, by all means, have the opportunity and as long as yeah their defense is one part i you have seen some comparisons to maybe the the 2018 bears and uh, how they really regressed with a really great defense and offense it was kind of statistically similar to buffalo's last year that made the playoffs and uh, then obviously a year later last year with the bears just the defense regressed a little bit and the offense really regressed quite a bit so for the Bills, I, I don't think that's going to happen necessarily. I still think their defense, even if it doesn't finish top five, top six again in uh, defense, I still think they'll be a top 10 unit overall. So, when it, yeah, it comes down to this offense uh, taking strides forward. You know, last year they made it work with the receiving corps, and I still think they have pretty strong receiving corps outside of Stefan Diggs. But just adding that number one receiver – where I, I just don't think John Brown really is fair to him with his skill set. He's such a talented receiver, but I don't think to put him as a number one guy isn't just just not quite the level he's at. So to have Diggs, now obviously with Beasley as well, and then with Brown, I, I think it becomes really interesting to see what they're going to be able to do. Their offensive line, solid. Yeah, Devin Singletary, a great weapon, not just running the ball, but in the passing game, a, a elite pass catcher out of the receiver, uh, running back spot. So, I yeah, I mean, the Diggs, 
Diggs addition, as much as you know, they gave up some pretty decent draft capital. I think he was worth it. I'm really excited to see how quickly he um, establishes chemistry with Josh Allen. I know he had some issues with Cousins, uh, even if they want to admit it completely. But uh, it seemed clear that he grew frustrated with him. So we'll see what happens with Josh Allen. I know his consistency with his accuracy hasn't been the best at certain points. But I think it comes down to, yeah, the, the additional weapon there uh, for Josh Allen, you know, still have a pretty stable offensive line. I think it's, yeah, it's on him now to, now it's year three. We talk about Sam Darnold going into year three and what that's going to look like with the Jets. I think Josh Allen absolutely has more to work with here and a better defense too. So uh, there's, yeah, a lot of pressure on him. I, I think they, in terms of them contending with the Chiefs and the uh, Ravens atop the AFC as the teams that we think of as the best teams, I mean, the Titans too, possibly the Colts, if everything goes right with that offense with Phillip Rivers. I just don't think the Bills are quite on that level yet. I still think that they're pro- like they're not going to I don't think, you know, there's only one bye now, but the traditional one, two spots, I, I, it's really hard for me to believe outside of injuries that the Chiefs and Ravens are going to fall out of there. Does that mean the Bills can't, you know, get hot like the Titans kind of did and beat these kind of teams? I, I mean, I think it's possible, um, but it really beyond just the weapons they got for Josh Allen, I think it's more about himself, what he's able to do, and how he takes uh, strides forward in 2020. Well, this is the season. You've got the Patriots, the Jets, and the Dolphins all rebuilding. Um, you know, if you're if you're going to take that big step forward and take control of the mm-hmm. division, I think it's obvious that this is the season that the Bills need to do it. And uh, we'll see, as we've said, it's it's going to depend on the offense, it's going to depend on Josh Allen and how much progress they make there because uh, if they can, uh, they should be the best team maybe in this division depending on how the quarterback situation unfolds for the Patriots. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this is a division I think that, honestly, I think it's one that maybe has like the widest variety of potential outcomes like if you just look at it and compare it to some of the other ones like and maybe because some of the other divisions like are ever stronger like for example uh you know we, we can pick a division here like the or the nfc west for example like i think there's mm-hmm. there's maybe different variety in terms of how you can see it with this one this probably won't wind up being one of the strongest divisions in the nfl i wouldn't think yeah. because as we're saying i mean right now um, you know, the, the Bills and the pa- Bills, we probably may be the best team. Uh, Patriots, we don't know what to expect. We don't really think the Dolphins or the Jets are going to be playoff teams. Um, and so, I don't know, though. Like, it's just, it's weird with this division because you have so many teams that are that are adding in, you know, kind of different players that are basically expected to, to be very key. You know, Tua for the mm-hmm. Dolphins, uh, Jared Stedham for the Patriots, Stephon Diggs for the Bills. Um, you know, the Jets are still having to, to figure some things out. So, I don't know. This this could be a, a wild division and yeah. it may not necessarily be the strongest one from top to bottom, but a variety of outcomes possible here. Although I think uh, for me, uh, I don't really see that the Dolphins or the Jets uh, winning it. Although maybe I should just jump onto the Dolphins bandwagon and <laughs> Make just that, go full on. Make that my bold prediction is that the Dolphins are going to win this division. I'm not going to do that, but uh, maybe <laughs> maybe you can convince me with uh, enough of a I don't know get a get a couple coolers lights out and maybe uh, <laughs> could have me convinced at some point. But uh, we'll see. Uh, interesting division, and uh, we'll talk about more of them. Maybe how this division relates to some of the other ones here as we move along here in the series but uh dylan that'll wrap it up here and uh, we've got lots of great stuff uh, talking about all these teams and all the other teams uh, around the nfl as uh, we start to look ahead to next season uh depending on when that is and uh, still expecting the full schedule to be released uh, this week at some point but uh, lots of great stuff going on over clutch points 
Yeah, everything from all a lot of news and rumors still going on, projecting you know these teams after the draft are going to power rank each division. So all of that you can find at clutchpoints.com under the NFL section as well as in our Clutch Points app in the NFL section there. Uh, still some draft fallout that we're finishing up. But for the most part, starting to move forward now Yeah, with looking ahead to next season, obviously quite a bit of time. The schedule will be fun to have come out. I'm excited for some of the more of these jerseys that are going to come out. Hopefully the Rams do it a better job with the jerseys and the logo. That's really what matters to me, I think. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, all, all of that coverage, including whatever happens with those jerseys when they finally do be released, you can find on our website and within the Clutch Points app. I think we need to do an episode on that, too. Once we get all of these jerseys, um, we need to maybe rank the, the power new... Power ranking. Yeah, we need to do a power ranking of maybe all the jerseys, not just the new ones. Maybe we should yeah. do this for all of them uh, because I think that would be fun to do and uh, because there are so many new ones now in the NFL and we've seen a lot of changes this off season. So uh, we may jump into that too. Uh, but yeah, check all that stuff out over clutch points. Lots of great stuff going on over there and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on any podcast app you use. And uh, thanks as always to the fine folks at blue wire and bet online for all that they do. And thank you as always for listening. And uh, we'll talk to you guys next time here on the establish the past podcast.